Hey, Happy New Year. This year is going to be an exciting year for us as a church. We're beginning this year in a way that we have never done before. And that is with the first 21 days set aside for prayer and for fasting. Some of you are fasting a meal, while others of you are fasting for the entire 21 days. Some people are just praying and all of that is great. We have never entered a year with this level of fervor and this level of seeking first the kingdom of God more than this. And I'm excited to see what God will do. And remember, when we do things you've never done before, God responds in ways you've never experienced before. Hey, in a few moments, I'm gonna lead us through communion here in a little bit. And so if you wanna press pause and grab some bread and juice, now would be a good time to go do that. Today, as a church, we begin a brand new series in the month of January called Following the Way. In this series, my friend Harvey Carey will be back. Uh, also, Steve Carter will be here to teach as well. We'll be looking at spiritually aligning our lives with Jesus as we freshly enter into this new year, a fresh start as we kick off 2023. It always feels strange to hear the new, the new year, isn't it? Like 2023. We don't write it as much anymore. I remember when I would write checks to pay my bills and for the entire month of January, I would always write the previous year. You know, We don't feel that as much anymore. But do you remember when we went from 2019 to 2020, every pastor was getting amped for this year of cute play on words, 2020 vision, and then the year 2020. And then there was nothing cute about that year as COVID moved into the neighborhood. And then 2021 was about trying to get COVID to move out again, but removing COVID wasn't a thing and it would be here to stay. But what we did do was try and move on from the pandemic. And then in 2022 was an attempt to solidify a new normal. And now we find ourselves on the threshold of a predicted recession for 2023. According to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, after physiological needs, the human being needs stability, something to tie themselves to and be secure for the future. I remember back in 2015, my family and I were in the Dominican Republic working with a church and after I'd preached on the Sunday, we went to a resort to have a vacation for the week. Well, at this resort had all kinds of um, water sports on the beachfront, and my wife saw a catamaran sailing boat. So she went and inquired if that was available to be taken out. She was informed by one of the locals who had a little broken English that she'd need to do a one hour training course and then she'd be certified to take the family out on the sailing on this catamaran. Well, Steph was all excited and boom, next minute, she had signed up for the next training that was in an hour's time. She and the instructor jumped on the sailboat. He lifted the sail and they went out about 100 yards off the shore. And it was then that he turned to her and he asked, Espanol? And Steph said, uh, Inglés? And he said, no. Espanol? And Steph said, no. And now for the next 45 minutes, this instructor, so-called certified my wife, 
by using just hand motions on how to sail this catamaran. Well, moments after Steph was certified, she grabbed her family. We had, uh, Chase was five at the time, put a life jacket on him. He didn't, he didn't sw swim super well and grabbed my daughter, Lily. She was 13. We jumped on this boat and I pushed it out past the waves and then we hoisted up this sail and we were off. Now, I don't need to tell you, this boat just took off. I hadn't sailed before and my certified wife had only had 45 minutes of hand gestures. Neither of us knew how to stop this boat. You know what I really wanted? I wanted an anchor. I wanted to be able to throw an anchor off this boat to stop us. We were going out hundreds of yards from the shore. I mean, we were so far from shore and I couldn't slow this boat down that the people looked like they were like an inch high. We were that far out. Well, eventually the wind died down and the sailboat, we didn't completely stop, but it just kind of drifted along for a while. The water was beautiful and clear and blue and Steph said to Lily, hey, let's jump in and swim around while Chase and I would be left on the boat. Well, as I said, we weren't moving very fast, but we were moving and within a few moments, we were 20, 30, then we were 50 feet away from Steph. And if you know anything about sailboats, then get ready to kind of face palm right now for what I did next. I grabbed the rudder and I turned the boat around and in doing so, I faced it fully into the wind. What happened next was the boat lifted 90 degrees off the air. My five-year-old son Chase and I, we are holding on for dear life. And in the next moments, the boat just continues to fall until we are completely upside down, completely capsized. Well, the good news is the boat had stopped. The bad news is we were upside down on this boat, hundreds of yards from shore. Eventually, lifeguards came with ski boats and picked us up and towed the sailboat back to shore. Now, I can't help but wonder, there were two things that could have avoided this. One, simply have an anchor on this catamaran or offer training to be done in English. Then we wouldn't have been stranded on an upside down boat. Our Christian life, hope is what we attach ourselves to for stability. It's our hope in Jesus Christ that brings us ultimate security. In fact, in Hebrews 6.19, the author writes this. He says, we have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. The Greek word for hope in this text is the word elpis. The biblical sense of hope is, is different from our cultural's understanding. David Allen says, the word is never used in Hebrews to denote a subjective attitude as is common in English usage. Rather, El Peace consistently speaks of the objective content of hope, present and future salvation. The hope set before a Christian is not potentially, but an eventually. It is not something to be 
ebiously desired, it is something to be confidently counted upon. This is why the author of Hebrews likens hope to an anchor. As John Piper says, what anchors our soul is not our subjective confidence, but the sure objective reality that God has promised. This is our anchor, and this is what we are to lay hold of. What has actually been conveyed here, unlike the other times that in scripture, it mentions an anchor, which is always in the literal sense. But in this instance, it's as a metaphor. No matter how chaotic our world gets, no matter how crazy the circumstances in our individual lives can get, no matter who disappoints you or betrays you or leaves you, no matter what the economy does, recession or no recession, no matter how disappointing UNC or Duke or the Wolfpack play, Yes, there is this one thing in this year ahead that you can count on. All day long and through the darkest, deepest night of the soul, and that is this. If you're in right relationship with God and you have full faith in Him, He's your anchor and that anchor is going to hold. At the beginning of this new year, I want to take a quick moment to get real personal with you. I wanna ask you more as a friend than a pastor right now. Are you absolutely sure that God is the anchor for your soul? Because if you have this question settled, then this year ahead, this year that lies ahead of us right now, while it holds some uncertainty and things that are unknown, and inevitably there'll be some challenges and even some likely storms. You can lay your head on your pillow at night and with total confidence say, I am securely connected to God. And no matter what happens, I have so much faith in Him. I depend on Him so much that I'm, a, that I'm rock solid, no matter what comes my way. You see, if you're living with that kind of confidence, it helps you walk differently into a new year. Many of you probably know the story from the Old Testament pages in the book that named after him, the guy's name is Job. You can read the whole story yourself, but the crux of it is in a matter of a short days, almost everything important to him in his life is stripped away from him. In the middle of the night, bandits come and take, you know, effectively steal all of his livestock. They take his sheep, his camels, his oxen and donkeys, and then they kill all of his labor force. Then on top of that, a, a kind of tornado, the, the Bible calls it a mighty wind, comes sweeping across the desert and destroys the house where all of his 10 children were. All 10 children were gathered and all 10 children were killed that very night. If that were not enough, shortly thereafter, Job gets a skin disease, boils all over his body. These boils are so painful that in chapter two, verse eight, we see that he takes broken pieces of pottery and he tries, tries to scrape the top of the layer of his skin off his arms and legs. He's in unimaginable emotional and physical agony. Then Job's nameless wife turns up after the final blow 
after Job has been struck down with these boils. Seeing her husband sitting in the dust, scraping at his sores silently, she bursts out, do you still persist in your integrity? Curse God and die. She was a cheerful, pleasant kind of lass, kind of glass, half empty kind of gal. But Job does the unthinkable. He states that the anchor of his faith is not his circumstances, but in the God of Israel. He's basically saying, yes, this is a terrible storm, worse than anything I could ever imagine, but I think my anchor is going to hold. Despite all of this, I'm trusting that my anchor is the hope for my soul, and that's gonna hold. Job says, I don't believe any of this has escaped the view of my heavenly Father. Therefore, he sees me, he sees my circumstances, he sees me in my hour of need. And sure enough, the storm did pass and Job's anchor of faith in God did indeed hold. Near the end of the book of Job, it's like God rewards his remarkable faith and he restores pretty much everything and more than Job had lost during these storms. Job 42.12 reads, The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. What is true in this story and what is true in 2023 is there will be storms. And so the question is not if, but when those storms come, you'll need an anchor for your life. We all need an anchor in the storm, something that will be firm and secure, something we can cling onto so that in the worst of storms, deep in your heart, you'll have that assurance that God is the anchor, firm and secure, and it will hold. So let me ask you again, are you absolutely sure? You have declared in your spirit, you walk around with confidence in the inner person that God is the anchor of your soul. It changes how you face storms in the middle of those challenges. You'll hear the Holy Spirit say, God's got this, your anchor will hold, your hope is firm and secure. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've got peace that may 
so I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength, cause I've built my life on Jesus. She's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You cannot fall this world. Give me Jesus. So I put my faith in Jesus She's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't He won't He won't fail, he won't fail, he won't. Hey, we're going to come around a time of communion now, and so if you have some bread and some juice, um, go ahead and grab that. Hey, let me just quickly remind our scripture teachers uh, that communion is to be partaken of by those who profess to be Christ followers. You may be watching this and you're yet to self-identify as a Christian. And so let me just encourage you to spend these next few moments reflecting. And then secondly, uh, Scripture teaches, if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards anyone right now, then you should go first and see to that before taking communion. In that scripture, Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hold fast is this nautical term that had its origins from the Dutch word hold vast, which translates to hold tight. This was in regards to holding securely to ships, ropes and rigging. Throughout history, sailors had tattooed these eight letters to their knuckles to remind them that they can get through any kind of storm as long as they hold fast, both physically and mentally. May this year in 2023, we be people who are found to be holding fast to the anchor 
that is the hope of our soul. And that hope has been paid and established by a bloodstained Roman cross. That through Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, we hold fast, full of faith, that our anchor in 2023 and beyond will hold firm and secure. So go ahead and take your bread and let us together eat and remember. Then if you would take your juice, again, together, let us drink and remember. God in heaven, we are grateful at the beginning of this new year to come around your table, to be reminded afresh that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have this hope, an anchor for our soul that will hold firm and secure. God, thanks for giving Jesus to us as the sacrifice for our sin and wrongdoing we can be made right with you. Father, I pray today for each and every person who is viewing this and here on January 1, 2023, I pray God that we would be making decisions to align our lives where we are central to what is most important and that is following the Lordship of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for your blessing and your favour to fall on everyone who's listening to my voice right now. And I ask this in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we all said together, Amen. Hey, as we close out our time together, I want to remind you that the resources for the 21 day fast are available to you. If you go to newhopechurch.org 21 days, you can read more uh, about how to engage in this 21 days together. Hey, click on the QR code that's on your screen right now and you can sign up to receive our daily video devotions through these 21 days. Hey, I also wanna remind you that we're about to launch our winter discipleship courses. They begin the week of January 22nd. Registration is open right now. We've got the Alpha course launching. If you wanna go deeper in learning the foundations of the faith, maybe you're spiritually curious. We've also got the Rooted course to grow deeper in community and membership at New Hope. Then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, we have a grief course, we have a finance course, we have a marriage course. Um, so many opportunities for you to grow spiritually in 23. And lastly, before we sign off today, I wanna to thank you for your generosity in the Christmas offering. Uh, that was an incredible blessing. And now as we start a new year, let me encourage you to continue to put God first in your finances. And as you can click on the QR code that's on the screen right now and give your first tithe and offering in 2023. That's kind of cool. Uh, remember, for those of you who attend the 10.45 a.m. service, next week, January 8th, moves to 11 a.m. from there forward. And now, church, 
May the grace and peace of Jesus Christ be with us all. Blessings, everyone.